0: Secrets to Real Estate Investing, episode 92. Welcome to the Secrets of Real Estate Investing Show, where you'll learn powerful strategies from top experts to take your investments to the next level. Here's your host and expert real estate investor, Holly McCann. Hey there, and welcome to another exciting episode of Secrets to Real Estate Investing. And today I have a special young guest for you someone who's in the trenches, who's fighting it out, who started with a huge amount of motivation and drive. And I'm so excited to introduce him to you. So, with that, welcome to the show, Joe Damaris.
1: Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Appreciate okay. you having me on.
0: Contain your excitement a little, Joe. I know it's exciting, but <laughs> well, why don't you give our listeners a little background? And by the way, listeners, I met him at a house flipping conference seminar and you know i love to network and so i was really excited to meet him and his friend from the other side of the country from alabama birmingham alabama is where joe's from but joe why don't you tell our listeners about kind of your background and how you got into real estate investing and make sure you include the part about how you're living in a flip because that's impressive
1: (laughs) yeah so um Definitely not your typical, uh, way to get into the business. Um, just for starters, I'm actually, so I live in Birmingham. I, I grew up in Boston, um, and went to school in the University of Arizona. Didn't even know that Birmingham was the city, uh, (laughs) where my senior year in college. And, um, it all started with, um, I had an original business partner who was just, you know, a friend for, uh, years before. And, um, he was a little bit older and had flipped some houses in the past and just happened to have a connection out here in Birmingham. And, um, you know, asked me if, uh, it was something I was interested in doing was, you know, working with him. Um, I've never really done much of a, uh, go work for a corporation kind of guy, more of a self-starter, I guess, but I just, I'm not good at getting told what to do basically. So I was like, yeah, sure. That's, you know, that sounds good to me. So, you know, I started going down to, um, flying down here and just kind of learning about the business and, um, you know, things really weren't going that well. I mean, we had a relationship with the realtor, they'd managed the construction, but like things weren't getting done the way they needed to, you know, a roof would be, you know, we get a new roof on it and maybe they'd have to tear off the shingles and, you know, we'd come, we'd come to the house and there'd be two layers of shingles around the house and then a new roof on, but somehow the shingles didn't end up in the dumpster. So, you know, big problems that, uh, we were dealing with and, um, that went on for a while and, um, ultimately it came down to, um, we we're in a good amount of debt, uh, that my partner had taken on, um, to you know fund this uh business venture i think we had three or four properties at the time that were not selling one of them was still under construction which is the one i ended up living in and uh that one just had been gutted and um we had just bought we ran out of money because we we're expecting you know somebody needs to sell and they did you know cash flow is a big thing in this um, so that's, that's what came up with this genius idea of, uh, of me to move down to Birmingham and try to straighten things out. And being the naive, I think I was 20 or 21 at the time when I, I think I was 20 at the time, maybe 20, 22 at the time I made the decision to, to move down here. And uh, I thought it was going to take six months. I'd clear it out and I'd be in California uh, <laughs> shortly after that was my... That's always been my um, dream to look, you know, out there. So I'm very jealous of you. So that's how I ended up there. And, um, you know, from there, I guess, uh, you know, I, I got down there. I had to make some money, right? Because the business obviously wasn't very successful. It was just costing us money. So I started off uh, as a waiter. Uh, waiting tables at this place called Jim and Nix. Anybody that lives in the southeast will know Jim and Nix and it's a very popular franchise place. and I was waiting tables there for about six months and working on this house like myself I have by the way, I know nothing about construction, like zero.
0: <laughs> like did you I got Did stuck. you watch any YouTube videos? Did you learn anything from YouTube?
1: I didn't, I didn't have wifi, so I, don't even thought that was an, I used to go, I used to go to Starbucks to get Wi Fi to like, you know, Skype with friends or like, you know, just casually, you know, use the internet for things that normal people do. Um, so I didn't, but that would have been a good idea. What I did is like, I just kind of network, I guess a little bit with, um, some of the people I'd met in the at the real estate office that I had previously been working with and, you know, would just kind of meet contractors that way and just kind of learn by doing. And, um, you know, that whole process took about six months. I mean, when I, when I got into that house, as I mentioned, it was already demoed. So, uh, the only running water was in the basement, which, um, you know, was terrible. So I was like, I'd wash my dishes down there and pour you know, pouring the dirty water out the window from, you know, whatever I cooked that day and I had a hot plate and a mini fridge and it was just absolutely brutal. I mean, I didn't know anybody. It was depressing. And, um, you know, it was probably the worst six months of my life, but also everything happens for a reason. And, uh, that's, you know, how I ultimately met, you know, my business partner now.
0: Wow. You had to really stick it out. Like <laughs> You were committed. So when you were living in this flip, and when you, I'm assuming you finished it and sold it, um, were you glad you did it? Were you glad it went that way? Or tell us a little bit more about that. Did you regret it?
1: So yeah, I mean, hindsight's 2020, right? So at the time, like, I mean, it was just brutal. I mean, I might as well have just gotten a job at McDonald's because I would have made more money, right? I mean, (laughs) so much time, so much energy, like on my birthday, I think on my 20, was it my 23rd or Birthday or something. I, I don't even know. I'm having trouble with how long ago this was. It seems like forever, but it's only been a few years because I've only been down here for three years. But on my birthday, I woke up and I worked like 12 hours just like sanding drywall, like all alone, just like, oh, it was my brutal, you know? And uh, so, I mean, it was terrible. I mean, I, I absolutely just was kicking myself for going down there. Um, something I didn't mention was my parents were so against me going down to Birmingham to, to pursue this. Um, uh, they offered a full year's expenses in California. Had I gone there, uh, my rent car payments, everything. And if I went to Birmingham, I was cut off. And, uh, for some reason, just being a defiant, you know, person that I am and, you know, not listening just like any other, uh, young adult or teenager, I just, you know, did exactly the opposite of what my parents told me to do. So I was absolutely kicking myself and, and regretting it, but, um, But things turned around, right? (laughs) Things turned around. So, you know, about like halfway through that project, I call it like a couple months in, um, somebody else was flipping a house just literally across the street and up a few houses, so about three houses away just across the street. And, I mean, I see the lights on at, you know, like 9 or 10 o'clock at night, and I'm like kind of like, wow, like, you know, somebody's working on that one too. And i just, you know, naturally curious because – you know, when you're a house slipper, you always pick up on these things. And um, three weeks later, it's done. Like, sign in the yard, like, coming soon. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, I thought I was putting my finishing touches on it. Like, I'm here I am telling my, my business partner back in Boston. Like, oh, yeah, we're almost done. We're getting to the finish line. And this guy is like – has it already like listed and stuff. So when they were finishing up the house, like I just like popped in to like, see what they were doing, you know, get some ideas and stuff about, you know, just like quality of work and stuff. Cause I needed something to compare it to and measure it to. I mean, I had no experience and um, just happened to meet one of the contractors who was like, Hey, I'm finishing up over here. If you need some help, you know, I'll help you out. So he helped me with a deck and um, he so happened to had just finished that job. And my, Um, current business partner Matthew who owned that house needed to pay him so the guy was like "Hey, I don't have a car we drive me to Lowe's so Matthew this guy will you know give me some money for the work I did over at that house I said yeah sure so I go to Lowe's and I'm in the parking lot waiting in this Big huge F two fifty or something pickup jacked up truck pulls in and it's got I buy houses on it, like just <laughs> like literally just a sticker around it. And this big tall guy pulls out and he's like, Hey man, what's happening? And we you know, we start talking and we really connected and turns out it was Matthew Gregory, my business part partner today. And um, you know, it was just we really connected, got his business card and um, you know, just kind of became friends and uh it's like literally a year to build that relationship to the point that we had, you know, the trust that we actually did go into business together. But that was a, uh, a day that definitely changed my life for the better.
0: That was a pivotal moment, a defining moment, change change of your path. Well, one thing that really impressed me when I met you before is how how much you um, benefited from having a mentor and you weren't afraid to like partner up with someone and learn from them and share the expense, share the reward and do all that. So tell us a little bit more about that and how that relationship developed too.
1: Well, I think, you know, being a younger brother, I've always kind of, I guess, naturally gravitated towards like more experienced people. So like, when I was younger it was my older brother, uh, maybe in school, I always kind of liked to hang out with like older kids. Like, I was on the wrestling team and I always got along with the older guys better just cause you know, they had more life experience and stuff. And then, you know, even, um, in college when I was in the early stages of the first company I'd started, I had a mentor, right? Um, so I think it's so important to have a mentor. It's, it's absolutely crucial. It shaves years off the learning curve, but also just as, if not more important is finding the right mentor and um, they've got to have interest in you growing. I mean, they've got to genuinely want to see you do well. And they've also got to be able to um, be somebody that can get you to where you want to be. And, you know, this, um, the first mentor that I had in this business, great guy. Um, we're still friends to this day. Um, and you know, but it just was not a good business relationship. I mean, I had huge goals and I wanted to, you know, ultimately, you know, hopefully someday have a million dollar business and maybe he wanted that too. But if you never made a million dollars or have never made more than a certain amount of money per year, you can't teach somebody to do that. Right. Absolutely.
0: We all have a financial thermostat, which, you know, I'm like spinning my hand in the air because like that's how thermostats used to be. Now they're all digital, pushing the buttons up and down. But we all have a number where you're like, oh, yeah, I'd be comfortable making that. Like yours has probably said at least a million bucks. Like you'd be comfortable. Doing that, but like if someone said, Hey, I think you can make $10 million a year, you'd be like, No way. You know, well, there's some number, you know, out there, all of us will just kind of be uncomfortable or in disbelief. So, yeah, I mean, if you could tell that your mentor's financial thermostat was not set to as high as where you wanted to go. It's time yeah. to jump shit. Like you got what you could from him, and he, I'm sure he benefited from you. And then you move on to the next person, right?
1: And everybody wants to be a millionaire. I mean, especially in this business, you know. You see HGTV people. You know, everybody's making money hand over fist. But the reality is, like, you know, anybody can do it. But like, not everybody's willing to pay the price, or you know, has certain capabilities. And you know, with my my previous one, you know, he just, you know, if, if you can't make hundred thousand dollars year, you can't teach somebody to make two hundred, right? it's some but but if you if somebody makes a million dollars a year, they certainly could teach you how to make hundred thousand dollars a year, or oh yeah you know, uh somewhere in between more much more than that, and that's what I learned was um although he was a great guy um, when I met Matthew, who um, fell much more onto that s- spectrum uh, that it was a, it was a great, great thing. I mean, I just learned so much. I mean, he has this massive business and it it just opened my eyes. I mean, the first day we hung out, we just, I just did a ride along and just could not believe the um, absolutely massive action that was was going on. And just, it was a very eye opening moment.
0: So tell us about the ride along. Was he like going around to lots of different houses that he had under construction or, or what was he
1: doing? Yeah, so um yeah, we we literally I mean I met him at Lowe's I think like 7:30 or something in the morning and um you know, I'm all nervous obviously because I've never met the guy. I mean, he's, you know, the super successful person and like I just didn't know how it was going to go. And Like I mean, you know, we're just going to hang out all day. I mean, who, you know, who knows how that's going to go. But um yeah, we we got together and I mean, he just had like probably six projects going on at the same time, which for me was just mind-boggling. I mean, I could only conceive uh just being able to do one project at a time and, and being hands on and to just see there's six projects and um you know he didn't even pick up a hammer one time and he's flipping these beautiful houses that um were going for well over five hundred thousand dollars in some areas which I know for you in California that's not much but here in Birmingham that's considered the high end market. Uh, right. It was just it was it was uh very eye opening.
0: I can imagine. Yeah, million dollars like median price point in my neighborhood here. It's yeah. crazy. Crazy. Well, I love to ask all my guests about their their first deal, their best deal and their worst deal. So, tell us about your first deal. Let's get into that.
1: All right, so my first deal, um, you know, we've already kind of touched up touched on it. Uh it was, you know, the one that I lived in and um, you know, I know I I had such little knowledge at the time about accounting and all those things that it's just so hard to like, you know, pin down like what the numbers were. Um, I mean, it was just such a joke, but basically I would say it was probably break even. It took me about six to eight months uh, to to complete. And, um, you know, we did sell it relatively fast, but I mean, it was the biggest headache. It was the hardest one. And, um, you know, just, just a struggle. I mean, we held the house for well over a year, which seems to be very common with, you know, the first timers. Yeah. Um, kind of. Like, that's
0: so good. You're saying that because people have these expectations. So if you're new and you're listening, if it takes you a year for your first one, you're not alone. You know, I mean, yeah, we all wish we could be in and out in three months on every deal or less, but it's okay. Right. You survive, right,
1: Joe? <laughs> yeah. And I mean, that's just kind of like, um, I think everybody goes through it. I mean, I know that I know plenty of successful people that, um, you know, that do way more, you know, just just do great things in this business that that have, have gone to the same thing. So nobody's better than it. It's just a fact. It's it's if you can learn from your mistakes fast enough to kind of um, stay afloat, then it's, then it's all good, but it's really nothing to be ashamed of. to to lose money or, you know, break even and and whatnot on your first one, but. Right. Was, Cause
0: you're, you're getting up the learning curve, right? you got to exactly. learn
1: sometime. And as my friend would say, sometimes you learn more than you earn. And that, oh, was like that. <laughs> that was definitely, I learned a lot more than I earned on that one. So
0: that's a good one. Quote worthy. <laughs> Okay. So your first one, you broke even, but you learned a ton of lessons and you started, there is just so much to learn when we do this business.
1: Tell us about your best deal. Best deal. Okay. So, I mean, I've done a a bunch of deals, uh, in the past several years, but, um, so it's kind of tough. Like everyone's unique and I really enjoy them in a lot of different ways, but one of them comes to mind, which would probably be the third deal I ever did. Um, once again, I was still clueless at this time. I mean, you really don't um, understand what you're doing when you're in the rehab, probably for at least 10 houses. You know what I mean? Because there's just so many, and I'm still learning something new every day.
0: Oh, I am too. It's okay. At number 225 or whatever I'm at, you still learn. So
1: (laughs) I mean, every like, it's like, and you know, things are changing, obviously. But so that third one, um, you know, I still had no confidence whatsoever. And, uh, one thing my, my mentor had taught me was that he likes, we like to focus on, um, houses on the same street. Cause obviously if you, you know, do a few houses on the same street, it becomes more desirable and uh, property values go up. And, um, so we were doing a house and I just was there every day, obviously just, you know, checking up on things. And he was late to a meeting cause, you know, something came up with, you know, one of his, his, um, Projects. So I just kind of had some some time to that I needed to to fill. So I was just driving up and down the street, looking at houses, and I noticed that a, a coming soon sign had just been you know put in the, the post, and and it looked like a really rundown property. So I called the agent, and met him over there, and like walked through it. And I really had no like negotiation skills, no knowledge, no nothing. And Matthew wasn't picking up his phone. I didn't know what to do. All I knew was that the house that I had was two houses up. I paid eighty one for it, and you know anything less than that was a deal, right? So um, sounds through. smart. <laughs> yeah, just looking for stupid stuff like oh, this looks pretty bad right here. You know, you, you know, I don't know about you know, you know, the, this sheetrock is is pretty moldy, or you know, just look <laughs> at this wood over here. Just like making stuff up. And, uh, you know, I offered, I believe it was $65,000 and I I almost threw up like when I did it, I was like, you know, cause I just felt so uncomfortable cause and the guy was like, I don't know if we can do that. Like, you know, maybe 75 and I'm like, okay, we're at a good start. Cause you know, it, so we'll, we'll see where we go with this. I was like, "No, nah, man, I, I really think 65 is the most we can do. And part of that was probably because like my lack of confidence, like that. You know, I just, I thought like, I need to get this thing as low as possible to make it work. Cause I don't know what to do with it. even. If... So he ended up submitting the offer after, you know, Matthew looked at it and he was like, yeah, 65 is great. And we ended up getting under contract for 67.
0: Woohoo! He did it.
1: That yeah, was awesome. And then, you know, we, we flipped it and I think we made like around like 65 or $70,000 on that one. And it was oh my contract. gosh! So a hundred
0: percent. Well, I know you had rehab costs in there, but that's amazing. So yeah.
1: So and we've done six houses on that street. Uh, we've actually you know, the last one um, we just finished was like a couple of weeks ago. It's under contract now. So we, that's, that's like a record for us. I think most houses.
0: Oh my gosh. On the street. I've done two on one street a couple of times, but never
1: six. Wow. You're like taking over the world there. <laughs> I've just noticed like when you focus on an area, like you just happen to meet the neighbors and, you know, it just inevitably uh, you know, when you are places, um, you just find more opportunities, the more places you are, which you're great at, you know, with, <laughs> just being good with people.
0: Well, as are you, I mean, you're charismatic and smiling and warm and friendly, and that's all it takes to get your foot in the door to get people to like you, because so much of this business is people. It's a people business, besides knowing how to do some math. So getting the sellers and the seller's friends to like you is a huge advantage, just like it is with, you know, being able to get along with your contractors and whoever else, the realtors and that kind of thing. Okay, yeah. so that's your best deal. What would you say was your worst deal, if you're willing to share?
1: <laughs> yeah, worst deal. I mean, you know, after my first deal, I mean, nothing can really be that bad, right? <laughs> uh, so, my worst deal that I can think of that, like, you know, for a while I was just like, I regret doing this. Like, I, I, I wish that I'd never done it would probably be there's a few of them, but um, the one that comes to mind would be just a house that I got. We bought it for 53. I think we kind of overpaid for it a little bit, you know, just sometimes when you're in negotiations, you gotta keep your crews busy and stuff. You just, you know, you just don't push the envelope too hard. So we bought it for, call it 53. And um, right at the closing table, we found out it was a wholesaler that had it. He paid, like, $42,000 or something for it. So I immediately was just pissed off that, like, you know, he made, like, $11,000, which is fine. I mean, people need to make money. But when you see that, like, somebody just, you know, got, you know, know, there was a lot more wiggle room than you thought. We kind of got played a little bit. So... um, that was not the best start. And then of course um, we were putting vinyl siding on it because you know, the wood they had done, it was just like, it's basically a sponge and it just rots. So we started pulling that back and I mean, there was just, it was just chewed up with termites. I mean, it was brutal. Like I'm talking half, the, I mean, if, if it had gone on for another year, the house would have collapsed. We oh had to like rebuild like a lot of the parts of the house and, you know, it just went way over budget. Um, and then, you know, the realtor we dealt with, um, he had found the deal for us and uh we let him list it. That was kind of the arrangements we had, it was just a clown for lack of a better word. I mean uh-huh. he did not need to be in the real estate business. I don't even think he still is, but just like didn't return phone calls and um to, to add insult to injury and we ended up selling it. Uh For like, I think I put like probably forty something into it, and maybe we sold it for like one hundred and twenty and made like sixteen thousand dollars. You know, it was just a big headache for a little reward.
0: Well, at least you made money.
1: Yeah, we (laughs) lost money,
0: but in general, you're used to doing less work for a lot more reward. So that one was not such a good return. Well, I'm glad you still made money on it. That's good. Well, and why don't you take a minute? Um, I mean, I just in this week, I've dealt with this. I have three flips going right now with three agents that are not me. I relist things sometimes, but I try to give them back to agents that um, find them for me if I can. Or if you know, a couple of these are like two hours from my house, I don't want to be driving to deal with that. And they're a lower sale price. So like I've got them for like about 200,000. Then, you know, it's not worth that level of commission for me compared to stuff I can do in my neighborhood where homes are selling for a million. It's just a whole different, it's not worth it. But my point is that... You know, I have a certain level of standards and I I interact with my clients. You know, I tell them what's going on. I'm responsive, you know, as a realtor. And it's been eye-opening to me that some of these realtors will not respond to me. They don't answer their phone. It takes them a day to call back or 24 hours. And like when you're in the heat of a deal or not having a deal and you want to answer from your realtor, you expect them to call you back. So just yesterday, I thought, you know what? I need to start setting the clear expectation with agents that list my deals for me. Hey, I want to call from you every Tuesday and Friday while we're on the market, while we're in escrow, whatever, to tell me what's going on because I want to know. But it's a little bit my fault, I guess, if I haven't laid that expectation for them, you know, that I want communication because, I mean, you can – you can have agents cost you deals, cost you, you know, profits if they're not doing their job well, as you experienced with that guy that you probably generously called a clown. You could call him something worse. <laughs> so like, why don't, how do you deal with um, realtors? Do you experience some of those frustrations? Obviously you do. And how do you um, overcome that?
1: Yeah, naturally. I mean, just in this business, I mean, it's the people business, real estate is. And I mean, there's... As another friend of mine uh, that's kind of taught me a lot about this business, when there's so many hands on a transaction, there's appraisers, there's home inspectors, there's buyers, there's sellers, there's realtors on both sides. There's, um, you know, loan officers, lawyers, everything. It's inevitable that there is going to be a clash of personalities and there's going to be, you know, disagreements and somebody's going to get in the way and just screw things up. I mean, I've got a deal right now that, I mean – It should have closed a month ago, but, you know, a a lien hasn't been waived out in California. And, you know, it's taken us a month to get through to these folks to say, hey, listen, like, we just need you to, you know, do this. I mean, what's in it for them? It's just people that you wouldn't even imagine could be part of this deal just like that are going to screw it up. So the best thing to do is just to not say anything that you're going to (laughs) regret. Because, I mean, it takes years to build a reputation, just a few minutes to destroy it. And, um, you know, just keep your cool, don't lose your temper, and just understand that, like, you know, everybody works at different paces. And, you know, I might be, like, you know, really, like, hey, let's get this done as fast as possible, but other people might have a family or, you know, just they've got a million other things on their plate. So it's just the best thing to do is be patient and, you know, just try to hold people accountable and just make sure that in the future – that realtor, um, I won't say any names, but you know, he will not be listing any properties with me in the future. So, um, that's really the best you can do is kind of weed those people out, but sometimes you got to learn from experience.
0: Oh yeah. <laughs> Plenty of times I've, even before I got my real estate license, I was coaching realtors how to do their job better and how to negotiate for, you know, on my behalf. I'm like, Oh dang. <laughs> but you know, it's not their money. Like it's your money. It's, it's not their livelihood or their deal. So sometimes they don't care as much about it as you know, you would yourself.
1: Not to mention like the barriers of entry, you know, into real estate are relatively low. I what mean, barrier? Really-
0: no, i yeah, there's, no there's one small test you have to it's take. Okay. That's <laughs> it. <laughs> you do have to pass a test. So
1: yeah. You have to be breathing. So, and you have to pass a test. And it's not an easy test, but, you know, relatively speaking, as opposed to, you know, a lot of other professions out there where, I mean, we handle some pretty big transactions and, you know, there's a lot of damage you can do and a lot of good you can do. And it's just amazing how, how easy it is to, to get there. But
0: yeah. Why don't you tell us now about like what you're, what you're working on now? What did you do this last year? What your goals are for the next year? You're
1: still partnering up with someone and
0: what's going on? Okay.
1: Yeah. So, um, you know, last year was my, so I've been, I've been in Birmingham. This I'm coming up with my third year. I think like January 22nd or something is my anniversary. The reason why I know is that some memory popped up on Facebook of, you know, me and my friends having our last dinner. And I think that was the day before I drew, drove down here. Um, but so that year I did, you know, that one deal. Um, and then last year I did eight sales. I count sales, you know, if I flip a house and it's on the market, it doesn't sell that year. It doesn't count. And then this year, uh, if everything that's under contract does close, which everything's looking pretty good, I should have 20 sales this year. And then, um, I'll be going into next year. Um, got a few contracts that just need some signatures and stuff. I should be going into next year with nine deals. You know, um, some of those will be under contract, you know, before the end of this year and, uh, some of them will be, rehab and about to be hit the market and and whatnot. So it's going to be a really strong year for 2018. I plan to do about 30 and um, you know, I I still have the same partner, uh, my my buddy Matthew and uh, you know, we just, we have a very synergistic relationship um, which you know is extremely important for partnership one plus one house equal three because you know there is a lot of effort that goes into it just simple things like respecting you know before you make a decision like making a phone call um and waiting for them to call you back even though you get a no kind of soon right whereas you you could be like oh yeah just do it and you know there's just there's there's certain things that um you have to put the effort there um but as long as One plus one equals three or more. Um, It's well worth it. So not going anywhere with that. Uh, He's helped me out so much. I'm so loyal. And, uh, you know, also, I think we've got a lot of really exciting things, you know, to come. Getting started.
0: awesome so you're just gonna keep growing it in Birmingham Alabama so how do you perceive the market obviously you perceive that there's lots of good opportunity for you there so I know plenty of people will they'll flip in their own market they live in and then also try and do stuff remotely are you have you ever looked into that or considered that
1: Well, you know, um, I haven't looked like, I guess technically I did do it remotely starting out, right. When I was in college and, you know, trying to do it from a distance and I really had a bad experience, a bad taste in my mouth. And that doesn't mean that it's not possible. Right. I just, (laughs) so I guess I kind of shy away from that. Um, so for now, um, there's just so much opportunity in my market. Um, you know, I was just in California where I, it was an awesome opportunity. I mean, I met some great people, yourself included, and um, was able to see some numbers. And I kind of like the numbers in Birmingham. but
0: more, Yes. I would say your numbers there are way better than they are here.
1: <laughs> yeah. So I mean, you know, if the, if, if the numbers were a lot higher somewhere else, maybe it'd be something I'd consider um, but for now, I think, um, I'm going to stick around, you know, probably within like a 20 mile radius of the city, which is actually, you know, covers a good bit.
0: Awesome. Yeah. I mean, my stuff will go up to two, two and a half hours away. Although, you know, my LA flip is maybe, I don't know, 50 miles away, but it's two and a half hours. In yeah, traffic. In it's <laughs> not a good thing. Like I've learned to kind of do remote flipping, even though it's kind of local, just because i don't want to have to get in the car so much spend my life on the road well that's cool thank you so much for sharing this has been awesome we're just as we wrap up i'd love to know what advice would you have for people that are you know considering getting into the business and still learning about it Um, because you're still pretty new so you've just been doing it a couple years going into your third year right yeah. So you're, you've got that fresh perspective. I've been in this so long; it's hard to remember what it was like at the beginning. So, what advice would you give to someone considering it or brand new?
1: Uh, best advice would be, um, yeah, you know, just don't give up. Don't be afraid to like, you know, try new things and like fail and stuff. Just like make sure that if you do fail, it doesn't like ruin you. Yeah. Um, and just find find a mentor. That's kind of like what's worked for me. That's been my thing. I mean, everybody's you know, got a different way of going about things. I just naturally um, gravitate towards, you know, people that are more knowledgeable and uh, just, you know, so that's probably the best thing. I think that'll shave a lot of uh, years off the learning curve. People are like, what do you mean? You know, why why would I give this person half of everything I've earned? And I'd rather have half of you know something than zero of everything right
0: or 100 percent of a loss i've got plenty of friends that lost money at the beginning of their deals so yeah 100 percent.
1: exactly and i mean i just think that like you know there's just so much to gain um and just just go when you do find a mentor come from a contribution one thing that i've noticed is like with realtors as well everybody's just what's in it for me or not everybody a lot of people are and those people that are what's in it for me never really tend to succeed, so just come from contribution, find some good people, just, you know, give, give, look, look how can I help you, and uh, it'll just come back in tenfold.
0: Excellent advice. I love it. Well, and I am so happy to see all the success that you've had because I perceive you being very deserving. Not only are you a hard worker, but you are a contributor and you gave to your mentor. You didn't expect something for nothing. So I'm um, so happy for you with all your success. Congratulations. <laughs> so with that, um, if people wanted to reach out to you and learn more from you, or even maybe talk about working with you in the Birmingham area area how would they reach you
1: yeah so they can uh reach me directly on my cell phone i'm not the best with like texting or emailing so if you need anything you can call me uh area code 978-846-4660 and my email um i do look at it sometimes not the best of my responses so don't uh, follow me if i don't respond uh it's j e homes 27 at gmail.com and i'll make sure that you know, I get that email sent over to you
0: with all, all that. Yeah, I'll be in our show notes. Holmes 27
1: At gmail.com.
0: At gmail.com. Nice and easy. Well, thank you so much, Joe. I super appreciate you sharing your valuable money earning time with those that are, you know, not as far along as you or maybe some that are far maybe there's people listening that could be mentors and see the benefit of taking someone like you under their wing and then there's people that are in, you know the new position and it's so great for them to consider the option of working with someone more our experience and working under a mentor, being like an apprentice has been really helpful. So thank you so much for sharing. And listeners, you can catch our show notes at hardhatholly.com forward slash 84 or episode 84. And if you want to get notifications of our podcasts being uploaded, as well as get our free downloads, you can go to text on your phone, you're going to text to the number 38470. That's 38470. And you're going to text the word hard hat, all one word, Um, no spaces, text hard hat to 38470. And you'll get on our weekly notification when we have a new podcast out. And then you can get access to all of our awesome free downloads. So that get out there. Thanks again, Joe, you guys get out there, take some action and earn some income.